Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing last week's spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting five to 15 minutes where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here. Time for a spiritual tune-up where overall I'm reminding you that your thoughts become things. This great question on the heels of last week's theme about living deliberately, manifesting with intention, uh, is a question pertaining to pregnancy. Mike, not pregnant. Why? My fault? Divine timing? In depth. Um... I've been trying to conceive for eight months with a little help from hormones in the hospital. My gynecologist says everything looks good. So I've basically had eight chances, but no pregnancy yet. I know it may take longer, but I'm getting fears that this is my own fault because of bad emotions. Oh my goodness. Want to give you a big hug. It's going to be okay. Um, not that my life is any indication of anybody else's life, but clearly, if you know my story, um, I'm a very late blooming uh, first time dad with a seven year old and it was years of trying to make it happen with my wife before it happened. And for my sister, if I can bring her into this equation, I think it was nine, 10, 11 years uh, before there was a natural pregnancy. And so uh, to put the question of uh, cause or alarm uh, and associate it with a few months is really um, not being very kind to yourself, not taking into account so much. But there are some very deep layers here, and there is application to this kind of question to almost all of our lives. When we want something that hasn't manifest, what to make of it? Is it my fault? Is it the universe's timing? What's going on? How do I make sense of it? Do I need corrective measures? Do I need to chill out? Okay, so that's what the rest of this question is all about. First off, do not look to circumstances, which is the things of time, space, matter, in motion, circumstances. Do not look to circumstances to draw conclusions. Circumstances tell you zero about underlying reasons and rationale, purpose and order. Circumstances don't reveal any of that. But when circumstances are not to your liking, or they're not what you would have wanted. That is simply and only an invitation to consider more than you've been considering. How else could I see this? What else might be playing out? What are my other priorities? Maybe do I have some conflicts? I want this, but not that, that, but not this. Maybe some of my desires are mutually exclusive. And not necessarily do those apply. Just because you want something, whether it's a pregnancy or a new car that has not yet shown up, whether it's been days or years, 
does not mean something's wrong. It does not even mean you have a conflict. It certainly does not mean that there's a block necessarily. As soon as you jump to those conclusions, you're on a slippery slope and now you're going to be creating issues that didn't exist on top of whatever the other original delay was all about. And that original delay maybe would have ended the next day. But because you've labeled yourself as broken, bad, whatever, now next day isn't possible. It might take another year, five years, might not even be in the cars anymore. So let me give you a couple of things to think about as well. Fault. Is it my fault? It is never your fault. Nothing is your fault. We're all doing the best we can. Fault is a word that does not belong in any spiritually enlightened conversation. Fault is like the word blame. Okay, forget blame, forget fault. Yes, we could always point to a certain sequence, depending on where you started exploring that sequence and say, oh, this person made such and such happen. But if you went a little bit earlier in time, there was some other happening, occurrence, conversation, epiphany that showed up. And if you, and, and if you went there, you'd blame, blame someone else. If you went earlier in time than that, oh, there would be a uh, past life. It would be other misunderstandings. Some people might call it karma, which is not as powerful as we generally think. But you could always find somebody different at fault, depending on where you... Look, look at the conflict in the Middle East, you know? What comes to mind right away, Israel and the Palestinians. No matter how far you go back, it's going to be somebody else's fault. Stop going back. Stop looking for faults. Start dealing with what's in front of you right now. Go within. Use love to guide your way. This is a little bit off topic, but the same is true for getting pregnant. The same is true for your career or relationships or health and healing. Fault is a faulty word. It is wrong. It is broken. It implies things that take you off track and remove you from truth. So is it my fault? No, it is not your fault. That doesn't mean we can't go within and ask some questions, but fault implies things that are totally wrong. The other possibility as the framer of this question went, you know, could this be the universe's timing? In the truest sense, there is no universe's timing. Zero. That would imply a power outside of yourself. The universe's timing was to be you. Okay, now it's like sitting back, eating popcorn, saying, oh, just show me what's next. Your life is amazing. You're so cool. I'm so glad I made this choice to be you. And, the, and then you want things to change. Well, okay, there are 60,000 thoughts a day. Now that makes it more complicated than it really is. Maybe, maybe not. You have an invisible limiting belief. There's a lot of ways around that without understanding or nailing what that invisible limiting belief is. Maybe you have other priorities. Maybe um, it's your parents and they're about to get sick and you can't see that consciously, but at a deeper level, this is what part of your energy is preparing for. And, and so there's so many things going on. And if you go to something just enormously, gigantically awesome and wonderful, like having a baby, oh my gosh, you want that to play out in the right time in connection with all of the other wonderful things that are going to be happening in your life right? And in the life of your partner and um, in, in the evolution of what's happening on planet earth. And I mean, there's so many things and divine intelligence totally has it. Not basing the 
timing of it on divine intelligence, but your higher self, divine intelligence, is taking into account all that you want and all that you've decided and where all of your priorities are. So ultimately, it is always your timing, not the universe's. Because if you feel like, well, this is what I want and my partner want, but it hasn't happened, so it's on the universe. It's like it's not on the universe. Your collective energies, uh, including that mixed with 8 billion co-creators, um, is going into like this funnel and the perfect, most ideal timing is being calculated. Not, not taking your power away from you, but this is where your power lies. And it's your intentions and your desires and your joy that's going to compute when the baby comes. And so to say, oh, it's the universe's timing removes you way too far from the equation where you're smack dab in the center of that equation. So it's not fair to say it's the universe's timing. Yet, maybe I'm splitting hairs. We do get that there's a lot of other things happening. And so you might, you might use those words, but hopefully not give your power away at the same exact time. Um, in the meantime, okay, enjoy your amazing life. I mean, uh, presumably you're at a you know, childbearing age. Um, there's a lot of other opportunities. There's love. There's romance. It sounds like you and your partner are working on this. Um, so many other things are, are, are lining up for you right now. I mean, whether it's career or passion or being of service or exploration or discovery or travel. Like my mom used to tell me when I was single and desperate and dateless, for decades, you know, with, uh, you know, I, I, not a total, not a total drought. Um, but she would say, enjoy this time because the day will be here when you're married and the day will be here when you have kids, which was so far from my mind. I was like, oh my God, that's, that would be nice. But it seemed impossible to comprehend. She said, that's all coming. Whereas, and then when that comes, you're not going to have the freedom you have today. You're not going to have the options you have today. And when those when, when the, the wife appeared and the baby appeared, I don't even want those options anymore. But she was right. Back then, I did have the opportunity to savor my freedom, to enjoy travel, and to expand other areas of my life. So in the meantime, as you're working on getting pregnant, I mean, just continue to bloom in every other area of your life as you grow, as you expand, as you learn. You'll be an even more amazing parent with even more stability than you can now imagine, which may serve you in ways you can't quite see right now because we have these blinders on. You know, we're wired to the illusions and, and we don't know where the trends are going and what else is going to play out in, 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 in a global scale, pandemically, economically, politically. So it hasn't happened yet. That doesn't mean it's not happening tonight. doesn't mean it's not happening tomorrow. Enjoy your life. Play both ends to the middle. Continue to see your doctor. I don't know that I would, you know, worry about trying to stoke the flames um, uh, too much. You know, it's, it's working out fantastic. You have every reason to be happy, even if you're afraid right now. That's not going to slow you down. That's not going to stop your pregnancy. That's not going to derail anything. It might be another eight months. It might be another four and a half years. When the time comes and you see the perfection, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it worked out so amazingly. I couldn't see it back then, but now I can see it. Hallelujah. Know that. Know that. Play both ends to the middle. Get, 
get ready. I used to go buy little girl dresses anticipating a daughter one day when it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen in my lifetime. I was married. We were trying. It was years. And so I would do a little woo-woo and I would visualize, but I also worked on my career. I also worked on enjoying time with my, my girlfriend, then fiance, then marriage, and it all worked out so well. And then, of course, you know, you do the best you can with what you've got from where you are. So one day at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, and you're always making decisions based on circumstances that are prevalent now. So now it should just be about make hay, have fun, make love. You know, it's beautiful. You know, if in 20 years from now or in nine years from now, you feel like it's time to consider adoption, oh my gosh, my sister also adopted. And it was the most amazing, miraculous, wonderful um, thing that ever happened in any of our family's life. And no less, no less spiritual, no less divine, no less anything than a flesh and blood offspring. And so there's, there's even those options, but that's way too uh, far down the road for you to look at right now, given my sense of where you're at. But you know, one day at a time, one month at a time, one decade at a time, you decide, consider all options. Don't be afraid. Don't put yourself in a box. Don't feel limited. Enjoy your amazing gift of life and that you have love and that you have infinite possibilities before you. Oh, it's so good to be you right now. My gosh. Uh, and it's so good to be all of us. I think we're the luckiest people alive so far. Jumbo fellow adventurers, today's question, how to permanently remove limiting beliefs. Specifically, this person um, has heard a number of my talks before where I uh, have shared that sometimes a note from the universe uh, can take me six hours. Some have taken longer to write. Sometimes they're just a couple of sentences long. Other times it's quickly. So that plays into this and I'm giving you some of the backstory. Mike, what is a permanent way to remove limiting beliefs? Uh, for example, Mike, might you have a limiting belief that time equals quality? For you to write a note from the universe that takes six hours, is the time related to how good the note is? Can you write a note from the universe in six seconds and have it be just as good? Or must it be hours of work for you to believe it can be good? For me, the questioner, I believe money will come from hard work, but I want, to f I want it to flow quickly and easily. How can I allow myself to believe it's possible? Okay, so great question. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a student as well. Possibly, I would never say for sure, possibly I have flirted with a belief that quality writing takes a long time. But I'm not uh, convinced. There are many instances <clears throat> when <clears throat> walking the dog or doing something very casual, I had a great idea for a note from the universe and it took six seconds and I'm all over that. Um, but yeah, I wish it was six seconds all the time. So here's my answer for you. There is one real way to obliterate permanently any and all limiting beliefs. To see the truth of the matter at hand. There is always a truth. A truth is not a belief. 
A truth is an absolute. There are very, very few. And if you look at some of the earlier spiritual tune-ups, you'll see where I enumerated what I have found to be the top five truths of being. We're all one. There's only God. Thoughts become things. It's all good. Uh, and, and one more. Uh, they're so simple. They're so benign. But if you're not seeing God in everyone, if you're not seeing God alive in every single moment of every single lifetime, if you're not realizing that you are the creator of all that you witness through your thoughts becoming things, then life is going to pinch and squeeze and hurt and take long time and money will be slow and writing will be slower because you're not seeing the truth. Now, I know that that seems like maybe an oversimplification. It is not an oversimplification. When we move into total truth, absolute truth, that we are the eyes and the ears of God Almighty come alive in the dream of life, and we totally operate from that place. No, I'm not there myself. I, I'm thinking about it every single day, moving towards it, baby steps towards it every single day. I study, I research, I meditate, I visualize. That's where I'm wanting to go. And it's there for all of us where life will be this, this waltz, this ease, this grace with magic and miracles abounding. But until then, what I would recommend for anybody is that you ease into the vision you have for effortless money, effortless writing, effortless living, whatever it is you want, ease into it, but do not draw the bogus conclusion, well, I must have an invisible limiting belief. It could be just a matter of confusion it, over truth. It could be a matter of conflicting beliefs and both have merit in their own realm, but they're on top of each other. Uh, it could be a matter of your own priorities. Maybe you're trying to slay some other dragons or put out some other fires or make some other really cool dreams come true first. And right now you're not overly sweating the details for avalanches of money to show up, even though you think at a service level, oh, that would solve all my problems, perhaps at a deeper level, you know the truth. So don't assume that if money hasn't shown up yet or that it's always required a lot of hard work, that that's your belief. That might be your belief. It might not be your belief. Don't draw conclusions based on what your physical senses are showing you. And just because something has always happened a certain way doesn't mean it's always going to happen a certain way until you say, oh, that's me and that's my invisible limiting blocks, okay? Then you buy it and then you own it and then you got to undo it. So gradually ease into it. Press on. Um, I want you to see the evidence because it's everywhere that Many people have manifested fortunes quickly, truly overnight. So while it may, may be, may not be, may be a belief of yours that you need to have hard work. Uh, again, uh, it might not be your belief. Look to all of the lives out there, all of the people's success stories, read biographies, etc., where people have made a fortune quickly. You know, one idea. One idea, and you could be a billionaire, literally, especially today with the internet. And you don't have to be a billionaire, you know. You could have a million dollars. You could have a hundred thousand dollars overnight, you know. Sell a widget, invent a, an idea, create an app, check out your side hustles. Um, it can happen, and it's happened. And it's, the more you see the evidence of other people having breakthroughs, even if it's only 1% of 1% of the population, when you see evidence that other people can do what you'd like to do, you will begin believing 
that it can be easy for you. And this is the crux of changing beliefs and permanently annihilating others. Move towards what you want to believe. Do not go looking for what's wrong with you because you'll find it. You'll make it up out of thin air. On the plane of manifestation, you will always either find or make up out of thin air whatever you look for. And if you're looking for what's wrong with you, you will make that up too. Oh, it's mom. Mom didn't believe she was worthy, so now I don't believe I'm worthy. Oh, you know, dad was a jerk and this, that, or the other. Or, or my big brother. Or you're going to make stuff up that wasn't true. But now you have to deal with it because you went looking for what was wrong with you. Instead, in the area of concern where you want improvement, in this case, faster money or easier writing, by the way, they are easier now, 21 years later, than they were back in the day. Not that there isn't room for improvement. But I don't put too much pressure or worry about it. Okay, I'm getting uh, sidetracked. You know, we can make mountains out of molehills. Okay, so it takes a little longer. Okay, so it takes three years to become a multimillionaire. Big deal. Nothing wrong with that. So it takes, you know, three hours or two and a half hours on average to write a note from the universe. Just saying, big deal. What else am I going to do? I get to write a note from the universe. Oh my God. Have a lightheartedness about it. But back point, back on point. What beliefs do you want to say, oh, that, that would be a cool belief for me? Your money grows on trees. Uh, it's being pressed to me by the divine. My thoughts become things and they can do so overnight. Great affirmation. Um, me having more money will help me help more people. Um, you know, I'm brilliant. I have a way with money. Money's a game. Wouldn't these be great beliefs? Write them down. I've, I've shared this before. My formula for blowing up invisible limiting beliefs without claiming they're yours, without even knowing for sure if they're yours, and the same formula for installing empowering beliefs is to number one out of three steps. Step one, enumerate all the beliefs that would be totally awesome to have. You know, what would some of your peers or some of you, not your peers, what would be some of your heroes' beliefs? Heroes in this regard for the questioner of people who have manifested fortunes quickly, okay? Richard Branson, uh, you know, whoever. Uh, what might their beliefs have been? Boom, boom, boom. Write them all down. Are they your beliefs? Who freaking knows? Okay, just write them all down. It's easier to write down awesome beliefs than go looking for what you might have as an invisible limiting self-sabotaging belief pertaining to making money fast. Oh, good luck with that one. You're going to be buying into stuff that's not true, like I said. So write down all the beliefs that you want to be yours. They might not be yours. They might be yours. Half and half. Who cares? We care, but we, we don't care. It's not a big deal. It's a game. You're going to write them all down. You're going to study them. Step two, study them every night before you go to bed. Study that list. Make it a physical list. Make affirmations out of them and see the validity of every single point. Of course, I'm a being of light. Of course, it's being pressed to me. Of course, I live in this bastion of order and perfection where my thoughts become things. Of course, if I can think it, I can have it. I can be it. I can do it. See the validity of this list that you've made. Make the list 20, 30, 40, 50 points long. Study it. Memorize it. Eat, sleep, and breathe that list. Let it become your focal point, the window through which you view the world. And step three, start acting like those are your beliefs in small, incremental, playful, demonstrative, demonstrative ways. Act like you believe you're worthy. Act like you know it's being pressed to you. Demonstrate. Uh, splurge a little bit on something you wouldn't have otherwise, as if you know now things are 
coming together for you. And as you do these splurges and continue to live your life in the direction of easy money, which is what the questioner was asking, easy, fast money, continue to live your life in that direction. You can't just sit on the couch and wait for Oprah. She's not calling. Can't just do it with vision boards. Can't just do it with demonstrations alone. So the three steps, the third step is act like it. And that would include move towards abundance, move towards opening your business, move towards writing that book, move towards opening doors that will allow abundance to quickly reach you. Then you will install beliefs. And then your inner witness is going to see a whole new set of marching orders, a whole new set of circumstances. Suddenly money starts showing up incrementally, a little bit small, a little big, a little pow here and a little pow. Your belief that it's easy, that you can do it, that it's fast, will begin building. And then your life will be the evidence of it. And it's yours for good, baby. All right. So the first way is the best way. Get into truth. Meditate. See that you're of God, by God, pure God while living your life. The very first thing I said in the first couple of minutes. And the other way to ease into it, which ought to complement your search for truth uh, and clarifying whatever cross wires you have would be list them out, see their validity, act and live on them. Jumbo fellow adventurers and good morning from Orlando, Florida. Time for a spiritual tune-up where I answer your metaphysically oriented questions to give you traction. Today's question, how to avoid getting stuck in holding patterns. Mike, how do I avoid living in a holding pattern while I wait for my life to change? Sometimes I feel like the future is more important than the present. Precisely. Okay, there's a couple of dynamics going on here, including one I've addressed uh, at least once before, our divine sense of incompletion. We're all blessed, not cursed, with a divine sense of incompletion. That, that feeling that something's not quite as good as it should be. Or maybe there's a lot not, not quite as good as it should be. Like, I can make this better. I can go there. I can fix it. I can polish it off. And the thing is, that's what that divine sense of incompletion is what brings you forward. You either want to put out a fire or you want to make a big dream come true because presently in this moment, you don't feel complete. You're going to make that dream come true. You're going to put out that fire. And as soon as you do, you're going to see on the horizon something else. And you go, oh, that's the thing I needed to fix. Oh, that's the thing. And then you're going to stretch and you're going to go and the journey's going to unfold and you're going to polish it. And you're going to put out that fire and you're going to be like, oh no, over here. And you're going to go, I used to think this was a curse. I used to look at people and be like, damn, no one's happy. Everybody wants their life to change. We are all about change. You watching this right now, no matter who, no matter when, no matter what, are all about change. And this is a awesome. This is a reflection of the divinity within you. Do you think divine intelligence is like, ah, did it, done that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to chill for a few billennium trillium. Divine intelligence doesn't stop. Divine intelligence doesn't say I'm done. Divine intelligence perpetually and eternally keeps on expanding, growing, learning, discovering, playing. Oh my God, it, it just gets better and better forever and ever and ever. And it's the same for you. And instead of it, us viewing it as divine intelligence does, like more adventure, 
we view it as like, oh man, another fire to put out. Oh man, another un another dream that has not come true. And then this is what we do, which is what brought the question about. In our sense of incompletion, we do not give ourselves permission to be happy until we feel complete. But I just showed you that day never comes. I might fleetingly arrive. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I got my new car. The next day you're like, I should have got the green one. I should have got a faster one. I, I, now I got to get a new girlfriend, boyfriend. And that's okay. Except in the paradigm that we have been heretofore playing in, we put off our happiness. We do not give ourselves permission to be happy in the journey. We want to be complete, but completion is fleeting. And then we realize we can expand and grow even more. And so we're perpetually striving on these unending journeys, which, add, which is as it should be, except all along. We needed to give ourselves permission to be happy with who we already are, what we already have, incompletion, sense of incompletion included. It's part of your divinity to feel incomplete. This is not a curse. It is a blessing. It's never going away. Get it now and you can be happy now, even as you strive to become better, faster, quicker, higher, happier, etc., etc. Do you see? There's no such thing as a holding pattern when you look at it like this. There's just bliss and joy and life, heaven on earth. And hey, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to Notice that the journey is through paradise. So you're, you're never in a, a holding pattern where, well, I don't have permission to be happy and I'm waiting for things to change and I'm not going to be happy until things do change and when are they going to change and I'm kind of feeling like I'm stuck here. Be happy today. I know you have issues. I know you have problems. I know you have unfulfilled dreams. Be happy in spite of all of that. And you'll put out the fires and make more dreams come true all the quicker for the joy that you cultivate today. It is so in you. You have it. Invest in today as much as you invest in the future. And that means don't invest to try to change today. Invest in enjoying today. Choosing perspectives that put a smile on your face just as much as you passionately seek to transform the rest of your life tomorrow. Then there's no such thing as a holding pattern. Every day you're on stage. Every day you're in love. Every day people are checking you out. Every day is an adventure. That's what life is, an unending adventure. How do I get the adventure to stop? It's like it doesn't stop. There's no holding patterns. Uh, see who you already are. Celebrate what you already have. You are astounding. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Thursday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Great question. Must we give to receive? Mike, do you believe there is a universal law that we should give as much as we receive? I want to believe we can just be who we are and create abundance, not have to work unless we want to. It's said that in order to receive more, we should impact more people. What do you believe? Is this all just beliefs or is the law the law? <clears throat> well, the first question, must we give to receive? 
Uh, no, no, not, not at all. Not in the way you mean. There's no such law. There's no such dynamic. There's no measuring here and receiving and giving and how much. None of that exists. Um, but there's a deeper truth here that by your mere existence, you are giving. By you being you, you are giving. By you being happy, you are giving. This is not the kind of giving you are talking about. But in the truest sense, you can't not give. Your every breath, your every to and fro is you exchanging energy as God Almighty on planet Earth in a way that we wouldn't be the same without you. Nobody would. And thereby, you have earned your your reward, you are born deserving, you're living in the winner's circle right now. You passed all the tests long ago, you paid your dues long ago, and now you're here, a fully bona fide, nonstop giver, receiver, live as you want to live. Now, for extra credit, here is the magic of giving, uh, otherwise known as tithing, which is practiced by almost all religions, the idea of giving a percentage or a portion of your income back out. When you give physically, as you were intending in the question, and you, you, know, you give money, you give time, you give love, you give patience, you are of service, that gesture of giving, as I have shared in other tune-ups, uh, is synonymous with the energy that states, I have received. I'm taken care of. It's all good. That's awesome on the plane of manifestation. You get more of what you are, as SarahLandon.com says, my buddy SarahLandon.com. You don't get what you want. You don't get what you need. You don't get what you give. You get more of what you are. And if what you are is this vibration of I'm provided for, I am provided for, uh, which is demonstrated when you give, you will be provided for. Okay, so it's not like if you give, God sees you, super happy, Mike was good, I'm going to give him some more. No such judgment, no such laws, not, no such world. But when you give, put it this way. If you thought, using your physical senses alone, which we normally do, that by you giving something to anybody, it made you irrevocably less. You got $100, you give 20 away, now you got 80, and that 20 is gone. I don't think we would be much, uh, we, I don't think we'd be givers if we felt that life was so absolute that whatever you gave made you less. But intuitively, we're not totally out of grace, okay? Intuitively, we do realize we are provided for. And we really ramp that energy up when we deliberately, consciously give and give a little more. We have a sense that, you know, what I have came to me and more is coming in the same way. Again, solid gold for the energy it puts out there on this plane of manifestation. I am provided for, and so you shall be. And typically, in, in the Bible and in other works, whatever you give, you are given back seven times over. So the, the energy here is, given that you're already a giver by your mere living and breathing, that you actually demonstrate, oh, the floodgates begin to tremble. So it's a really powerful tool 
to attract more to you to give, especially that which you feel afraid of giving, because that's where you need to install the belief, I am provided for. No, don't give everything away. Don't overdo it. But go to the areas of your life where you would most like to receive, and even if it's a small token amount, a tiny little unexpected tip, give. And this gets the floodgates trembling in a world that's conspiring on your behalf, where you're pushed on to greatness every single day, positive thoughts 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. A little demonstration like that is super productive. I also wanted to address the other sentence here uh, that's in the original question to me. Mike, I want to believe that we can just be who we are and create, not work unless we want to. Nobody should work, ever, ever. Forget working. Working sucks. Nobody wants it. Okay, work is a four-letter word. But you can do the same stuff with a totally different perspective, and your life becomes a dance. Okay, so... By the definition of work, people feel like it means giving away my power, giving away my schedule, not being able to follow my heart, not being my authentic self, you know, doing the bidding of other people. If that's the way you view work, you should quit today. Uh, or better, change how you view work. Consider it a dance with life. Consider it temporary. Consider it a chance to meet new friends, uh, discover talents you didn't know you had, find out more of what you love and what you don't love. Work is this incredible opportunity to engage with the universe. Oh my gosh, who wouldn't want to get out of bed every single day and rush to the office if that's where you were going to find the universe, magic, miracles, infinite possibilities, discover your awesomeness. So, Careful how you view things, careful how you speak them, pay attention to what you're saying. And if you're viewing work like that, it's never gonna serve you. It's always gonna deplete you. But you can do the same stuff and choose to see it another way. And the floodgates begin to tremble. You can give out a few goodies, uh, prepare to be astounded. You live in a world where everything you've ever wanted is being pressed to you right now. You do not have to give to receive. You've already got your days, right? You've already got breath, right? You don't have to do anything to receive and to live happily ever after. Although at the deepest level, you can't not give. You give her you. Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. And one of those great questions has just come in. Can we die before our time? Mike, a celebrated man in Holland who did so many good things, was just murdered. He didn't deserve to leave this world like that. The country is heartbroken. Can we die before our time? This question uh, is understandably framed from a place of, from, of grief and uh, not knowing um, the mechanics of uh, our departure, uh, understandably so. Uh, it's not easy. It's not uh, common knowledge by any stretch. Our entire civilization is built upon the notion that the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody is that they die. Um, right off the bat, the, the, the word deserving um, 
it's not the right word. Deserving, uh, being, you know, this person did not deserve to die. This person did not deserve to die that way. Um, takes the whole thing out of context. To understand and have comfort uh, at this difficult time and sympathies uh, to all affected by any loss because it is always such a shock to the system when we use our physical senses almost exclusively to understand reality. What was there is gone, gone forever, never to return. Um, it's such a loss. Uh, there are no words for it. But by drilling down the truth, the truth will set you free. You'll start understanding things uh, that will frame the whole episode in another way. No one dies before their time. Not ever. No matter how seemingly random or bizarre the circumstances. Um, this is almost too much for me to even comprehend. Uh, I first read these ideas from the Seth material by Jane Roberts. Uh, I'm not steeped enough myself in my multidimensional um, existence to be able to grasp that on my own. But sh certainly by this stage of my journey, 40 years into metaphysics and a lot of um, deductions and going within, I can see the absolute truth of it. Uh, no one ever dies before their time. The thing that determines our death always is either we have achieved all that we wanted to achieve in this incarnation or given our mindset, our maybe limiting beliefs and or the world order around us, the objectives we have remaining to achieve are no longer achievable. You know, very often, most often, that would be a function of the person's mind. They're not open enough uh, or willing enough to face what they set out to face. And so the objective of the life can no longer be met. Um, or the first step again was you achieved what you wanted to achieve and there was nothing else you wanted to achieve in this incarnation as who you were. Uh, we entirely always choose at some higher level, but not out of our reach. If there was a study done of people who have passed, I would venture a guess that 80 to 90% of them could be viewed as ready, either through just a total satisfaction and peace they have with life to the point that they're not even anxious to go do anything anymore. It's just like all good. They achieved what they wanted to achieve and they were ready. <clears throat> Remember, when one door closes, another door opens. 10,000 doors open. It is not a terrible thing to die. Except for those who are left behind who don't understand the mechanics of a life on earth, why we're here, what happens before we get here and what happens afterwards. So it's a decision we all make um, that we are able to be consciously aware of um, and, uh, and in some cases just a little bit beyond our awareness where perhaps there is a conflict and we don't understand the conflict but it has shut down our ability to achieve things that we wanted to achieve. All right. Seth said something that was so startling and so shocking and so amazing. Seth said that in the deepest sense, every death 
is a suicide. Nobody dies without their approval. Nobody dies until they give their stamp. Now, I know that that can be uh, extremely painful to hear if you know of somebody who died uh, at the hands of someone else or in other circumstances. Uh, I'm not saying that a murder is ever justified. No way am I saying that. You know, lock them up, put them behind bars, rehabilitate them better. Um, but, but anybody, anything that happens to anybody, it's part of their creation, intended or unintended. So uh, to help you understand this, under, realize that the events that play out, circumstances that play out, in time and space were always scripted, created, and recorded um, beyond the curtains of time and space. Just like a movie that you watch in the comfort of your recliner seat, that you watch on a linear timeline, beginning, middle, crises, uh, comeback, uh, and generally happy ending. Um, the entire film the production, the auditions, uh, the screenplay, the adaptations, the edits, uh, the, the various possible ways it could unplay, that was all crafted months, if not many years prior to it showing up on a silver screen. And it was beyond the curtains of time and space that our lives are written. And they're being written right now. This is not something foisted upon us. This is not something that we wrote uh, before this lifetime began. There is a portion of our multidimensional beinghood that writes and rewrites the script on the fly. And it is only the tail end of our productions that shows up in these sacred jungles of time and space. Nothing is left to chance. As I spoke about a, a week or two ago, in a nighttime dream, do you think you stub your toe by accident? Do you think you fell down in a nighttime dream by accident? Do, do you think... You, you, it's easy to see from this perspective that nothing that happens in a nighttime dream would be random because you're making it up. And some of it has profound meaning and some of it has a light meaning and some of it might show up because you believe stuff happens. And the same thing in life. Some things have a profound meaning and other stuff happens because we believe stuff happens, you know. Uh, and it's not usually poised, uh, phrased um, quite that way. So in the dream of life, if you will, uh, the whole thing is scripted beyond the curtains of time and space. Uh, so that when we experience it, it all seems seamless on a linear timeline, just like when you watch a movie. It's like, oh, there was a before, there was a beginning, there's an after. Um, but all of it was created. Sometimes a movie is shot, the ending is shot before the beginning is shot. But they put it together on a timeline so that you can, you know, be entertained and enthralled. Remember, in life, it is the end result, our desire or our fear that which we focus upon, which orchestrates backwards the circumstances we meet. Like GPS navigation, you're thinking, I'm going to Miami Beach. The universe is like, well, you're in Orlando. To get to Miami Beach, you're going to have to go left, right, right, left, around the traffic, miss the detour. The end result forces the details. So when somebody's end result on the horizon is the completion of their objectives 
to be met in time and space. Then working backwards, oh, they're going to be here. They're going to be in traffic. Uh, sometimes a death would be crafted or a murder would be crafted or a genocide would be crafted um, for many, many, many reasons with objectives being met by everyone aware of it, including a grieving nation. And sometimes the person who dies at the hands of another will choose to do so to serve as a wake-up call to the nation, to the world, to atrocities, bad behavior, short-sightedness that, uh, if left unchecked, would take many more people down. So the person who might choose to be in harm's way, number one, would be ready and it would be part of their objective, not only having met what they wanted to achieve in life, but now they can achieve something else on their way out, so to speak, since they were leaving anyway to fall prey to somebody else that will bring attention to the nation of injustices or countless other things. I know that words slip here. I know it may have sounded like I contradicted myself. I'm aware of that as I'm presenting this. It's very, very slippery, very, very dicey to try to put explanations of the nature of reality in a linear term um, using stark words where words don't exist that would be better to be used. Uh, and so it's, it's a bit challenging. But the bottom line is nobody dies before their time. Um, and death isn't a bad thing, which doesn't justify murder by any uh, or bad behavior by, by any means. Um, we are all creators of everything that happens in our lives. Nothing is by chance. Yes, we're sometimes unintentional creators, but never in my understanding of reality would we unintentionally or accidentally be like, whoops, oh man, you know, I, I slipped and fell and hit my head and, and uh, what would have been cannot be because I got clumsy on the wet pavement. Um, there would be safeguards, there would be reality adjustments, there would be tweaks by my higher self and or angels that if there was an actual slip and fall that knocked me unconscious and created a hemorrhage, if I wasn't ready to die, I wouldn't die. Too many people go through those kind of slip and falls and car accidents and cancers and just don't die. And others go through lesser versions and then they do. What's the commonality? It is the underlying intentions and objectives of those who experienced what they experienced. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!